0: Good morning. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be working out of there in just a little bit. It's good to see you. I appreciate you being here. appreciate all those who are joining us uh, by the internet or live stream. Thank you for uh, being with us as well. You know, we've been in this series in Galatians. And uh, in chapter 1... He describes the gospel and he makes it very, very clear that you don't let anyone take you away from this gospel and and by adding things to it, that somehow or another you've got to add something to the gospel to be saved. That's that's not what, that's not what it's all about. You keep the good news of the death, burial, resurrection as the main thing. In chapter two, Paul even, uh, rebukes Peter, if you remember, for not walking in line with the gospel. And in chapter three, he says, look, Uh, you're in this thing by faith, by what you believe. Matter of fact, he says, does not God, does he give you spirit and work miracles and give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles and do great things because you keep the law? No, it's because of what you believed in the gospel. And and, and it leads him into chapter 4 that says, look, you're sons of God, you've been adopted, you have a great heritage, you have a great future, we have a great intimate relationship with the Father you can even cry i Father because of the Holy Spirit. In chapter five, he reminds him, This freedom that you have, boy, you gotta stand firm for it. Remember that chapter last week he uses those words stand firm and mark my words and the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Remember that little section? So it says don't your freedom don't lose it. And then he says there are people coming in little by little trying to distract you from it and take you off. He says, don't confuse it. Those teachers there, don't follow them. And then he gives them this, at the end of, uh, of last week's section, this little challenge about that you got to be ready to serve and love one another. Quit biting and devouring each other or you're going to destroy each other. You have the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't live like that. So all this through the gospel and all this through Galatians about faith and about grace and about assurance. Now now he's going to write to them, this freedom that you have, it, it, it comes through the Holy Spirit of God. And so in Galatians chapter 5, before we get into the text, I just want to book in the last weeks and the end of this weeks because he says two things important. In verse 14, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring, you'll destroy each other. Okay, got that? That's right before this section we're going to talk about living in the Spirit. And in the end of this chapter, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Two things on the back uh, that bookend this sermon. One is about destroying and talking and hurting each other and the other is about envy and promoting and being conceited toward one another. And by the way, those two things always happen in legalism. They always bring about judgment. They always bring about, I'm better than you are. I'm more holy than you are. And it always causes envy and strife and problems within the family of God. So those are on both ends of this section about living through the Spirit. So the first thing we find out here in the first little, a few verses we're going to read is that there's this big conflict going on. All right, let, Now let's look at this uh, chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. So I say, live by the Spirit. Now some of your versions will say walk. And walk is really the closer word here. He's going to use four verbs uh, in this section about us following the Spirit. One, he talks, this first one is walk by the Spirit. That's about direction, not perfection. Then he's going to say, be led by the Spirit a little bit later. A different word. Then he's going to say live by the Spirit. That's another different word. That has to do with vitality and, and enthusiasm and, and full of life. And then he's going to say keep in step with the Spirit. Those four different verbs are going to use toward us to, to, to uh, how to follow the Spirit. So walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature or flesh. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. This conflict has been going on for a long time, right? Now, the works of the flesh, they take no effort. I mean, it's easy to do those. They just come, we say in some sense, naturally, right? You don't have to teach anybody to be selfish. You don't have to teach anybody to take care of themselves. They just That just happens real nice. But the fruit of the Spirit, that does take effort. And this is kind of funny because... The whole book is about you can't make effort to earn your salvation, but he does say once you have it, once you're right with God, the direction of your life is going to be looking more and more like Jesus through this, the Holy Spirit. So this freedom is going to come. But he's going to list this thing. Uh, he's going to talk about this conflict that we have. Now this conflict, you, uh, you, you have it too, Right? Becoming a Christian does not remove the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Matter of fact, in many ways it increases it. Anybody have a time battling the flesh except me? Am I the only one? We all have that conflict. And we don't like conflict anyway. But we battle it. Our souls are saved, 100% clean. The blood of Jesus cleansed our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. There's enough blood to go around, I promise you. His grace is sufficient for that. So we're not making efforts in holiness in order to be saved or to gain favor with God. We're making them to be like God. But he says here in this conflict that you can look at the character of someone's life and tell if it's flesh or if it's spirit they're following. Because look, at, look how he describes the character of the person following the flesh. In this next verse, he's going to list all these things. Here's, here's what it is. If you see a person that has these things in their life, this is what they're consistently living by, then it's easy to, to identify them. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, he says. So I pulled a Phil Robertson and I said, "Let's just pull out a dictionary and look and see what that is, you know? Obvious. What's that word? Well, what it means is, clearly seen, easily to perceive and understand. It's just obvious. There are some things that are just obvious. They're easily seen. They're easy to understand. You're not going to miss them. He really doesn't even have to write this whole list here to talk about flesh. You see these, you, uh, you know. It's very, very simple. These are not things that accompany God's people. This isn't how God's people live. The works of the flesh, they are obvious. And he lists them all. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Debauchery, that's not one we uh, uh, use a lot in our language. You don't go around saying, you know, I saw old Joe. Yeah, he got into debauchery last night. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't use that phrase like that, right? Uh, If your name's Joe, I'm sorry. That was just an illustration, okay? (laughs) Someone said it. They're telling their wife right now, it wasn't me, I promise you. (laughs) Sexual morality we understand. We understand fornication. It's not having, a, having an affair, no, it's fornication, it's wrong, it's sexual immorality. Impurity just almost broadens it up to even be more of that, but debauchery is the idea that there, you go unrestrained. There's no shame, you're not hiding anymore, there's no shame in it, you're just, you're just reveling in all the impurity that you can get into and there's zero restraint, you don't even try to hold back. That's that word. A couple other words in there I thought was interesting, uh, witchcraft. The word witchcraft comes from the Greek word pharmakia, which means where we get our word pharmacy. Now, I didn't like that at first because I have two kids graduating in pharmacy next month, and I'm like, oh, what have they got into, you know? <laughs> it's the idea that you're going to appeal to the dark world through the potions and the drugs that uh, that they used in the in the in the magic, or to saying, uh, this is how we can make things happen in the world of darkness. It's that idea. Matter of fact, they would even use those poisons. Even uh, I was reading one rather that I did some research on it. That even to through witchcraft to cause abortions in people's lives. Poison, chemicals, sounds a little familiar. But but that was the idea there. As we get the same word through sorcery. And then he lists these things about having things with one another hatred, discord, jealousy. Now, here's an interesting one selfish ambition. So I looked that one up. You know what it literally means? Canvassing for an office, running for an office. How ironic. No, it's okay to run for office. It's not wrong to have ambition. It's wrong to have selfish ambition. And the whole problem was that I'm going to go out here and I'm going to manipulate people. I'm going to get them to, I'm going to, get them to like me and I'm going to get but all because I want to get what I want to get. And raise myself up in a prideful way. That's the idea about that selfish ambition. It's one we don't really use a lot. Because in America, typically people who make it big and have ambition, we pretty well raise them up and put them up as somebody that's successful. But if it's selfish ambition, it's of the flesh. And there is a difference, you see. Dissensions, factions. Look, if everywhere you go, you're leaving hurt and wounded people along the way, the problem may not always be them. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you, uh, when you preach on these things, it's easy to holler and scream about the works of the flesh, especially the ones you're not involved in, right? It's kind of like that preacher went to his first job. He went to Kentucky and he preached at a little old church. And his first lesson was on the dangers of whiskey. And the deacon pulled him to the side and said, you know, we have a lot of people in the hills still make their own stuff and everything, and I don't know if I'd preach on that. Next week he said, okay, so he got up and he preached on using tobacco. Well, he, the deacon called him over and said, you know, we've got a lot of people that grow tobacco, and I don't know about preaching on that. Could you try something there? So next week he got to be preached on the dangers of gambling on uh, horse racing. He so, said, well, you know, we have a lot of people that raise horses. And, and, and then finally the priest said, well, told the deacon, well, I don't know what you want me to do. He said, why don't you preach on witchcraft? We haven't had a case of that in here for years, you know. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way it is. Yet, really, when we look at our own lives, we can look down and we know if these things are problems in our own life. If you're living like this, it's obvious you don't have the Holy Spirit of God. And that is a scary thing. Now remember, it's living like this. Matter of fact, it even says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is a real hell, there is a real fleshly lifestyle, and there are real people who will experience being really lost who live like this. Because that's how we were. That's how we lived before Jesus. So it's not, we don't hate them. We love them. We want to rescue them out of that lifestyle. And we want to be sure we don't take ourselves back into it. Right? But he says, the character of the fleshly man, you can see it. It's it's obvious. It's not difficult to identify. But we don't want to look like that. We want to look like the Holy Spirit. We want to look like Christ. And here are the things... That describes there. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You got it? there's no law against you, you. There's no restraint about love and about goodness and about being kind. There's no restraint about that. There's no law about the you just, that, that there's no restraint. You just go out and love and be kind and be good and be patient and grow on all these things. Now, look, it is a growing process because you look on the list and a lot of times it's like you know we look at ourselves and we think oh man i'm not i'm not living like i need to and i understand that but look that doesn't mean your salvation is lost that just means you're growing in some areas when you have the holy spirit of god and you have the gospel you've got to remember what you believed in you believed in the cross to take care of your sins you believed in the resurrection to take care of your future you believed in jesus christ sitting at god's right hand to take care of you now And so your assurance should be there. You should have full assurance of your salvation as you grow in Christ. So this fruit that accompanies you because of the Spirit of God, that gives you freedom to grow, freedom to express these things, freedom to work on your own life and holiness and not condemn yourself every time you stump your toe and say a bad word because that's what legalism does. See, while we we don't believe in once saved, always saved, we kind of believed in once saved, barely saved, you know? (laughs) That's kind of how it was. matter of fact, in my legalistic days, I would think, if I'm fixing to die, if I could just have a piece of the communion bread in one hand and a cup in the other and just take it and take it, click, click, and boom, right on out. If I could just do that, I know I'd make it to heaven. Or if he just drowned me when I was baptized, then I know I'm in, right? I came close to that one time when I hit Hank Bingham's head on the wall back there. You know, I was baptized him; he floated on me. We should not feel more assured the day of our baptism than we do as full-grown, mature people in Christ. We should grow in our assurance. 1 John The writer says that a perfect or mature love casts out fear. So the more we grow and get mature in our love, the less fear dominates our life. So you can tell and identify the person who is full of the Spirit by looking at the fruit in their life. When I think of the word character and all this fruit involved in someone's life, I I can't help but you think about, who do you think about? I think about Carl Allison every time. Integrity, honest, strong character. I think about Gary Stevenson. I think about his character as a Christian man and and, and the years I've known him and what he's shown me in life. Look, you can identify, you can look around and tell. I want to be identified by that kind of character. I want the Holy Spirit to guide and lead me in such a way that I grow where people, when they see me, they don't say Mike Kellett, but they say, he looks like a disciple of Christ. He's looking like Jesus. Because that's the character they should see in us when we are full of the Holy Spirit of God. And that gives us freedom to grow and become like Jesus Christ. So what's the challenge for us today? Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, that's that vitality that's full of life, that's passion. Uh, We use the word a lot of times, enthusiasm, God in you. Remember what Paul said? Uh, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. It's that spirit, that attitude. That's the idea of their living by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now this keep in step is an interesting uh, phrase. It comes from the military deal where they're all marching in step or in line, you know. Uh, uh, I was uh, talking to Mike Williams about, uh, about this word, and we were, we were sharing some scriptures. He was reminding that when he was in the Air Force, you know, they would call out that cadence and you would march to it. And uh, uh, the leader of his of, of his group would holler out. If somebody got out of step, he'd, he would holler to them. Get in step, out of step. You know, that's what he called out, out of step. Get in step, out of step. And I'll tell you, you can identify just like that when you're out of step, right? You can instantly look at yourself and those that are walking the right way around and you know when you're out of step. So not only is this something we do in direction of the Holy Spirit, we walk like he walks and, and we, we go where he's taking us, but we do it together as a body of Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're marching together as a group to the cadence of the Spirit of God. You know, they'll play that cadence or they'll do that percussion going on and you got that cadence going, and everybody's marching and everybody's right together and right in line. The Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit of God calls out the cadence that says love, mercy, kindness, patience, goodness, and on and on, and the cadence goes out. And you and I can look at our life and say, man, I I got out of step. I I got to take a skip. I got to get back in step. The Holy Spirit is taking me in a direction that's full of freedom and growth and becoming to look like Jesus. I don't want to go the other way. I want that character in my life. I want to have that picture in my life. I want to look more like Christ than I ever have before. You know, family look alike, don't they? I mean maybe I don't know if you've looked around lately and noticed any of your family. You look like some of them. When I was growing up I my uh my brother Rick, I don't think I didn't think he looked as much like the rest of the family, so you know, it's easy to accuse. Then, then, then if you get into a conflict, it's like, well, hey, you're adopted anyway. You know, you, you don't belong, right? You know, that kind of thing. Now, family look alike. I uh, heard some research on the news the other day. Even couples who have been married so long even start looking alike. That just scared Susan to death. <laughs> I, I'm hoping it goes the other way, you know. I want to look like Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that indwells me will take me if I will yield to him in his direction and walk with him be led by him live in him and keep in step with him he'll lead me in a direction of freedom that causes me to look more like Jesus Christ isn't that how you want to look so the challenge, keep killing those works of the flesh. They keep popping up. They keep attacking. That's a part of the deal. It's a conflict. We're going to be in conflict till the day we go to heaven. The conflict is okay. We, but, we, but we hang in there. We make sure our direction is always with the Spirit. We don't give in to living in a direction of the flesh. The challenge is, are you keeping in step? with the Spirit today. Now you know if you have or not, right? You can tell this last week. You can look at your own life. You know if you've been out of step. So the uh, the invitation really is about you taking that skip down this aisle to get back in step with the Spirit. Maybe you've never even become a child of God. Then the invitation says, look, put your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus And get in on having the Holy Spirit as a son of God. Be adopted. Have that inheritance that Jesus has. Get on board with the family of God. And then walk in that direction. Because I'm telling you, it's a great direction. It's a great place to be. To know that God has saved me from my sins. The song Amazing Grace. We sing it so many times. I think we forget how amazing it really is. But that's what the book of Galatians is about. Don't add to the gospel. What Jesus has done is enough. You believe. You put your faith. You're a child of the promise. You're a son that can cry, Abba, Father. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now walk out of here keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And live like Jesus wants you to live. If you ever need to respond today, we offer that to you. While together we stand and we sing.